Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. So I don't know what the weather has been like where you live, but here in Tennessee, we have had lots of snow over the past couple of weeks. And for anybody who lives in the South, you know what happens. When it snows here, everything shuts down because we do not know how to drive in the snow. So that means schools have been closed some. And I know for some of you in other parts of the country and around the world, you are doing distance learning because of COVID. And some of you have been stuck inside with your kids for quite a while. So we wanted to do something fun for our families at Rising Above because we know it's been a hard season for so many of you. And we know that laughter is the best medicine when we're stuck at home and we really need to have some fun. So we are planning something fun for our special needs moms coming up this Friday night on January 21st at 8 p.m. Central. You can join us virtually for a mom's night in. Now, of course, it would be much more fun to be able to have a mom's night out. But since we know what the special needs life is like, we decided to plan a mom's night in. So you'll be able to join with other moms from all around the world virtually for this fun night that we have planned for you. So it's going to be virtual. And all you've got to do is sign up, look for the link in the show notes, and you can sign up to get more information. We're going to have so many laughs, so much fun, and lots of fun giveaways. So moms, you don't want to miss out on this fun night that we're planning just for you. So we have another great episode for you this week as I'm joined by author and speaker and fellow special needs mom, Cindy Farini. Cindy lives in Cleveland, Ohio with her husband of 42 years and her adult son who has special needs named Joey. She's written multiple books, including Love Always, which is a book on marriage that she wrote with her husband, Joe, to help and encourage couples raising children with special needs. We had a great conversation, and I know that you're going to enjoy getting to hear more from Cindy Farini. Hey, Cindy, thank you so much for joining me today for the podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Oh, so am I. Thanks so much for inviting me. Thank you. Now, this is actually your second time on the podcast. You and your husband, Joe, were with us a while back because it was, it was, I looked it up today. You were on episode 23. Oh, wow. And we are almost at our 100th episode. So that's been a while. Way to go. Good. Since you've been on the show. So yeah, you guys were episode 23 and you were talking about marriage and you all have been married for over 42 years. Yes. It's hard to believe. We're we're in it to win it. There (laughs) There you go. And you're also, you've got Three, three children and four grandsons and two foster granddaughters. You are a busy, busy lady. Yes. And it takes a toll sometimes, but it's all worth it. It's all so worth it. And then you're not on top of all that. You're, you are a special needs mom. You have Joey, who is what, 40 years old now. So just an interesting little thought that Joey turned 40 this past summer and he has wanted to do a Jedi training. And, you know, if you go to Disney, most of the kids that do it are eight, 10 years old. And Joey is six foot four and 40. And so we were like, what are we going to do? We should do something really special for him. So we rented a pavilion in our park system. We have a great park system here in the Cleveland, Ohio area. 
So we rented a pavilion and you can go inside or outside. So we had opportunity if it rained, you know, we would be protected. But we hired someone and it actually was someone who was a supervisor of his who did a lot of like the medieval um, sword fights and training and all that kind of stuff. And when I asked him if he would know anybody, I didn't even think maybe him, but he could do it. So he came and did a Jedi training. There were about 80 people there. Everybody. So we had everyone from our city police chief and our nieces and nephews, real little kids and all the way up to more elderly. And we just had so much fun. Joey was beside himself with excitement and still now months later says, you know, he's Jedi trained. So we're in good hands. If anybody, you know, you're protected, you're in great shape. That's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about Joey. You said he's 40 years old. And so you've been doing this special needs life for you're a veteran. I call myself a veteran now because I've been at it 24 years. So tell us a little bit about Joey and what his day-to-day life looks like at 40 years old. Does he still live with you? Kind of what is, what is he, what is he, what does his day-to-day look like? Well, he, he does live with us. He was working. He had a job for 15 years and that ended just a couple of years ago. And, you know, we were really sad when that ended because it was such a great fit for him. He had a supervisor because he can't really be by himself. His verbal skills are very low. He has cerebral palsy, although he's very mobile and able to get around. Um, but he he couldn't really go fast enough for what they needed for this yeah. job. And as things kind of worked their way out, it just didn't become a fit anymore for him. So. Although that was really a sad time for us when when we kind of ended all that, uh, he didn't lose his job like he didn't get fired. He just it just didn't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, um, we really mourned. Joe and I, my husband and I, mourned for a couple of days. You know, like what are we going to do? And then then we started looking for that silver lining, and we were like, you know, you're re- he just got he was just retired. We thought, hmm. We could go anywhere we want, anytime we want. We don't have to take him to work. And we were his drivers and it looked pretty good. So here at 40, we just love that we can pick up and go. He loves being home. He, uh, he, when we asked him, would you ever want to live someplace else? He says, no. Um, His sisters who are um, both younger than him, but both moms uh, have always known really in their young adult years, how to help take care of him and help shower him and do his personal care. Um, He can do certain things, but not very thoroughly. So he Mm -hmm. needs a little assistance, but he, he loves them and they are willing to take him someday. And so we have sort of prepared him in his thinking that someday he will be with his sisters. Mm. But until then, or until we are not able to take care of him, that is our goal. That's our desire to help take, you know, help care for him until we can't. And have him with you. You know, I was thinking this morning before we were having this conversation about, you know, when we both had our sons all these years ago, you know, we never dreamed that at 24 and at 40, that our children would still be living with, with us would require care their entire life. And, you know, I think it's one of those things we have to process through and, and grieve almost. How how did you and Joe work through that? Um, you know, to process through that. 
That's such a good question. And I think for people who are listening, I think that's a great question to, to pose for them to really ask yourself that question. How, if you haven't processed it, how will you process it? Um, you know, we, we processed the whole diagnosis thing in the first couple of years. Right. And I don't know that we really thought too much about where we are now when we were that young. But as we got older and as the girls got older, and then as they began to ask questions was really when we began to process that whole thing, like what will happen? And one of our daughters who um, is the, she's the second child, she said to us, she was about 12. And so Joey would have been probably 15-ish. Um, she's basically through some conversations said, what, what are you going to do about Joey someday? And I just made it clear to her, that is not your responsibility to worry about Joey, but, but we'll always talk about it. And even at that time through our county, we were on a list for housing, even as young as he was. Um, they do it differently now. So it's more by um, need as opposed to where you are on the list. So she said to us, you know, I, I would like to take him. And we just couldn't believe it. A 12-year-old would be right. thinking that way, you know? But she said that, and um, I let her know not to worry about it. And I said, you don't even know who you'll marry someday and if they would want to take Joey or not. And as quick as that came out of my mouth, this came out of her mouth. And she said, then why would I marry them? Wow. And both her husband and my other daughter's husband are fabulous with Joey. In fact, I just looked, I, it came up in my Facebook on a memory and Joey had taken the hand of my second daughter's now husband. They were dating at the time, but Joey just, we were at a, a musical concert and Joey just reached over and grabbed his hand, you know, gently touched his hand and just held it. And my now son-in-law, did, he didn't move. He wasn't embarrassed. He just embraced Joey in the way that Joey, you know, was comfortable. And certainly Joey was comfortable just to grab his hand, which is Joey's, you know, affection. Right. And I look back at that and I just really think how special it is because really the kids are, um, I call them kids that are adults now, they're parents. Of course, they're, they're always our kids. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're great with Joey and they get him. That's the thing, they mm. get him. And their mm. children, my older daughter has a 12 and nine-year-old boys. And they're great with Joey. My other daughter has two little ones, two under two, and they're a little too young to really um, understand him yet. Right, right. Well, what a blessing to have them and for them to have that understanding. But I'm sure you as a mom, you instilled that in them. You know, you you taught them um, how to love their brother from an early age. I sure hope so. You know, we sometimes I look back and I think I'd like to be like my girls. I watch their characteristics and I'm so proud of them. And then I, I know my own sin and my own shortcomings. And um, I know theirs too, but I look at my own and I just think, oh my gosh, I have so much more to learn yet. But, um, you know, I think they help us process these things. Mm -hmm. And and kind of back to your question, like how how do you process it? I think it, it's, it is just that it's a process. It is a process. It's, it's a daily, moment to moment. And then one day you look at something and you go, oh, we hadn't thought about that. In fact, we just took this whole time of COVID um, last year, actually in 2020, and we decided we we're going to check off everything on our list that we can. 
that we say, oh, we'll save this for another day. And we got through everything, including updating our trusts and our wills and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? After it was all done, do you know what the one thing was that I've never thought of? What is that? I thought, okay, all this time I thought the girls will take Joey. Then I thought, what if he outlives them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought about that. Mm -hmm. So that's a conversation we'll have to have. And that's part of the processing. Yeah, it is. It is. And you're further down the path than where where I am at this point. And, you know, I remember when when my husband and I would start realizing it's like, oh, my goodness, he's going to live with us his whole life. And and I think when you first initially think that, it just seems so tragic. But now I look and I go, oh, my goodness, John Alex gets to be with me. I know. His whole life. I, you know, who? what other 24-year-old wants to hang out with exactly. his mom, you know? And I'm like, yes, you know? Yeah. There is a joy in that. And that's part of the process. Um, even Joe and I have said, and I know that, you know, you have lost your husband, but we have said someday he will be one of our best buddies. I mean, he's mm-hmm. our best buddy now, but one of us will will still have someone, mm-hmm. um, Lord willing, you know, to be with us. And there is a joy in that. Totally. And I, I've looked at John Alex here recently and I've just said, buddy, you have been a good friend, even though he's nonverbal. He, maybe that's why I feel like he's such a good friend. I don't get back. So, you know, he doesn't talk back. It's a one-sided <laughs> conversation, but he truly is a good friend. Just, just to have him there with me, especially with my husband being deceased. And, you know, I think it's all, again, all about our attitude and how we look at things. Yes. But again, it's like, it's, it is a process. It's how we process through. Yeah. Absolutely. But Absolutely. there is joy now. There is. And, you know, for people who are listening, who maybe are at the beginning stages of, <clears throat> excuse me, beginning stages of where the the diagnosis has been made and everything, I would never have believed that I'd be doing this for 40 years. Yeah. And yet day to day, there's so much joy, a lot of work, still a lot of work. Um, I look at some of my friends who are footloose and fancy free and they just go and do and be. And, you know, we're not invited to a lot of things because Mm -hmm. we really have to find care for Joey. Um, Unless it's like the end of the day and we go out for, you know, a late sandwich or something. Um, And a lot of people just don't think to say, you know, Joey would be glad, you know, we'd be happy to have him join us. Um, But we do have a handful of friends also who say, hey, he's welcome anytime. And so we just go with, with whatever that, but there is, um, there is a friendship that you develop. That's a really sweet, Mm -hmm. sweet thing that um, we also say, you know, when Joey comes at 430 in the morning to let us know that, you know, whatever, he's ready to go wherever, wherever yes. the plans we have for the day. Um, when we kiss him goodnight or he kisses our hand or he wakes us up with a kiss on the forehead. I'm like, you know what? Other people are not enjoying this. Absolutely. 40-year-olds are married and and I have married kids, you know, they're, yeah. they're not doing that. And it's okay because that's just who God made Joey. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if he were to stand before us, uh, I know if he said, you know, would you like me to heal Joey? I think we'd say, you know what, pass that along to a younger family. We're good. Yeah. We've, you know, not when I say we've got this, I don't mean like, you know, we've arrived and we have it all figured out, but we've got this in a place where we're good with it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're happy. Yeah. yeah. I think we, I would say the same thing too, that it's, you come to that place of acceptance and going, this is God's good for our family. And 
It's not what we would have picked out. It's not what we would have chosen early on. But as you go along the, the journey, there is so much joy in things that we would have never experienced otherwise. You are so right. Absolutely. And so when you look at Joey, he's 40 years old now. And I know when our kids are younger, you know, we have hopes and dreams of what we think that their life is going to look like. And we, you know, before we find out maybe about their diagnosis, when you look at his life now, what are your hopes and dreams for him as you look towards his future? Well, I would say um, really where we're at right now is pretty much where I would see him being even in 10 or 20 years. Mm -hmm. I did have a thought the other day, I was getting up from a table and I just, I, it just kind of hobbled a little bit, you know, trying to get straightened up and everything. And then I noticed Joey was doing the same thing. He wasn't looking at me, but he was doing the same thing. And I thought to myself, so he's 40, I'm six, almost 68. Uh, he might be another 20 years, but I'm pretty sure at 88, I probably am not going to be doing some of the things that I would hope to be doing. I don't know, maybe I will, you know, I take care of myself and everything, but it's just kind of funny because um, I see him just, I just see him being, I just see him being Joey. Um, the beauty, if, if both the girls, they have both said yes, if they both took turns of, you know, they want, one wants to go on a vacation. So the other one gets Joey because Joey really, I mean, he comes with us because he's just with us. He doesn't have a desire that we know of. To go and do anything except Jedi training, which he's now a Jedi. You got to do. That's right. That's off his bucket list. But I think um, just really, I, I just, I really just pray that he'll just be happy. Mm -hmm. You know, happy yeah. with his sisters and wherever, whichever home he goes to. Um, and I watch how they're raising their children and how they run their life, and I think he'll be really good there. You know, that's good. Well, you know. We're like I said, we're further down this path. We've kind of come to this place of acceptance and, and seeing that this is God's best for our family. But even in that, there are some days that it is so hard. There's some days that it's, you know, I know there's some days I get up and I go, can I continue to do this? Getting up, you know, at, as you said, we're getting older, you know, but our kids still get up at 3 30 in the morning and the care is still there. So what are some things you do to keep your hope? on those hard days, on the days that you're like, I don't know if I can keep going. What do, what do you do to keep your hope alive? Well, I think one, certainly it's always the Lord, you know, having a perspective of eternity and realizing mm -hmm. that what we're doing is not just a job or a chore to care for our child, but it really is a vision. There's sort of a vision to that, you know, that we are, we are helping this young child, adult, older person even, mm -hmm. um, make their way to heaven. And Joey knows Jesus. He knows, he knows the Lord. And so I, you know, my hope every day is just really to have a sweet spirit. I don't always, but that's my goal so that he realizes he's loved, that he is welcomed and appreciated in our home. I think Joe and I both try to do that. Um, and you know, when one of us gets frustrated, Joe or I, or, or we're not really making our way with Joey for some reason, we try to just sort of step in the other kind of takes over so that we're, we're not getting frustrated because mm -hmm. there are those days or moments. Um, now that Joe and I are both retired, 
there is sort of a nice perk to that. And that is if he is up at 4.30 and 5.30 and 6.30 and he can walk down the stairs and, you know, sometimes he's fully dressed on top of his pajamas, like, let's, <laughs> let's go. I don't know where we're going, but let's go. And then you have to talk that back, you know, we have to get out of your clothes. We have to take off your shoes. And he doesn't always like that. So the point is when we're awakened so many times, Sometimes we just, in the middle of the day, the next day, we say, hey, we're retired. There's no reason we can't take a nap, mm-hmm. you know? but not yeah. everybody has that luxury. So right. I would say in the moments that you can take a rest or get, um, if, if you're married, if you're not a single mom or dad, if you can take that opportunity to kind of help each other out. Someone that I know, ha- this is not my original idea, a friend of mine, I love this. Um, he and his wife used to pretend to sleep on Saturday so that the other one would just get up their kids. They have five, (laughs) you know, five great kids, but then they decided, you know, I know you're, I know you're awake, you know, but I don't want to get up. I want you to get up. So they decided they would alternate Saturdays who got to sleep in. I think that's brilliant. You know, tomorrow, whatever, now their kids are a little bit bigger, but when they were little, you have to get up for that two Mm -hmm. or three. You can't tell them, you can tell a five-year-old, go have some cereal or go get a banana, but you can't do that for a little one. I love that idea. Yeah. So then you have, you know, you're going to get a break and that wouldn't be a bad idea to do even like after work, if you both work or you, one works and the other one's at home to say, you know what, I just need a 15 minute power nap. I mean, whatever works for you, because not everybody uh, gets, you know, empowered and refreshed the same way. Right. So finding what works for you. Right. And whatnot. Yeah. Well, you know, I've said so many times that John Alex is my best teacher. He's taught me more than anybody else on this earth. So what are some things that Joey has taught you over your 40 years of being his mom that you would have never learned otherwise without being his mom? Mm. Probably. Um, and please know that I have not arrived because as soon as I say this, I'm going to get caught on camera <laughs> of being impatient. But I think I'm much more patient than I ever yeah. was as a younger person. Um, I'm probably a better listener. I wouldn't say I'm great at it, but I think I'm better at it than I used to be. Um, I think I probably love more deeply mm-hmm. because I recognize. Um, just the, the frailness of life. I mean, look at our kids, you know, what happened? I mean, yeah. what happened in such a frail moment that they became who they are? Mm-hmm. Um, I think my husband and I have both learned, we were asked one time by um, actually Janet Parshall, what, um, like, what have you learned or what, how have you grown? And no one had really asked us that question ever in any interview. And so in part to what you're asking, I just think, you know, we have really grown together mm-hmm. um, because you can either be a team or you can, you know, fight it all the way, not necessarily even fighting each other, but just fighting this diagnosis. And, you know, it took some time to learn the dance, but I feel like now after 40 years with Joey, 42 years of marriage, but 40 years with Joey, I feel like, um, you know, we're not ready for um, dancing with the stars yet, but we're, <laughs> we're getting there. Getting there. <laughs> getting there. Getting your steps in for sure. Yeah. So, but you have to realize too, you know, when they, when people do that, I, I don't really watch that, but I know the premise of the show. 
when you first watch them, like they're tripping on each other's feet and they fall and they get bruised and they're mad at each other. And I just love that analogy because when they get on the dance floor, you don't know any of that. Yeah. And so that's part of, I think, the perfection of of life. Not that we're become, we don't become perfect, but the perfection of what God's given us, we get better at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are an author. You have several books that you've written. One, I know for sure, with your husband, Love Always, which is what we talked about in the podcast episode that you were on before. And you've also written books on organization. Uh, And you've got a book that's an interactive Bible study called Balancing the Active Life. So tell us about that Bible study and what inspired you to write a book on becoming organized and how to balance your life. Well, this I love I love how this happens. So years and years ago, um, we had Joey and our daughter Christina, and I really wanted to have a third child, which was not happening. Eventually, it did happen, and Kathleen was born. But in that process, I began to think like, what what will I do with that time? Because I was going to have a different a different version in a different season of time. So. I began just, you know, kind of questioning that. And then I had a friend come to me who was a little bit more unorganized and just kind of needed help in that area. And she asked me, she was, would you sit down with me? And she was, I know what you do and how, you have a lot of plates spinning. And I just wonder if I could pick your brain. And I said, well, let me write a few things down and then we'll talk. Well, as I began to write it down, I thought this would make a great seminar. So I put it together, we talked, but then I put it together yeah. for a seminar and I, I did, uh, I went to a church and rented the church out. And I think I had 25 ladies sign up for this seminar. Um, I think either just before that seminar or right after, I can't remember the timing right now, I found out I was pregnant with a third child. So mm. all that effort that I was putting into it, I knew would have to go on the back burner for a while, but then it just picked up. And I was, I began to speak around my neighborhood and other churches. And then I began to speak nationally. It was like really a crazy thing. But what's, what made me do that was just one person asking me a question, how can you get more organized? So I began to really put together how, how can one balance life? And I don't think balance is perfection, like where you have everything is the same on one side and the same on the other, where there's no movement in that that um, weight. Balance is sometimes this is a little heavy and sometimes this is a little heavy. It it balances back and forth. And so when I put it together, my goal was to make this study that it could be for an individual, so man or woman or a couple. And then as my husband and I just sort of piloted this at our Sunday school class, we had about 20, no, we had like 40 people. I thought it would dwindle to like 20. That's usually what would happen. Well, people were bringing in their kids. They're like, our kids need to learn this. They were bringing in their like 16, 17-year-old kids. We wound up with like 60 people in the class. It was bad. So the the goal was, you know, how can we put all these things, hospitality, finances, goals, discipline. um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other topics that I have. um, Ministry, work, family, all these different things. And how do we... How do we put those all together in such a way that we do what God wants us to do? And we're not just sitting on the sidelines watching everybody else mm-hmm. do some of the things that we could be doing. 
And I don't, I didn't put the study together for someone to say, this is what I need to do. It was like an, a way for you to um, find what God would have you to do. Mm. That's good. Well, you know, I have some of my um, friends who are also special needs moms. They are some of the most organized people that I that I know. There's some that, you know, in order to keep all the balls in the air, they have to be super organized. And then I have there's other parents who are more like me who maybe are somewhat organized in certain areas. But honestly, the thought of like trying to get really organized and cleaned out and get things in place it really feels overwhelming at times, like to even think about starting to do that. So what would you say to somebody like me who is feeling overwhelmed at the prospect of getting organized, setting, getting things in balance? Where do, where's your simple place for a special needs parent to start? Well, let me just say to you, first of all, those of us who are highly organized, we can take that to a point of sin. You know, we really yeah. can't. Where we're so... Like, I've got this all together and don't mess up my plans. We can really, you know, and I've, I've done that before yeah. to recognize like, you can't, you can't do that, Cindy. You, you might have a plan, but you're, you know, you can use the pencil, let God use the eraser you know, and help you. But then I want you also to know that many of us who are very organized would like to be more like you, mm. to not worry so much. And even though there's times of overwhelm for you and for us, everybody gets overwhelmed at times. Um, those of us that are very organized, like a type A personality, we'd really like to be more B where we're just like, yeah, let's just go with the flow because we're not. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I would just say to the person, go with who God made you to be. And um, if organization isn't important to you, I wouldn't stress over it, but I would say, what is the the, um, most common denominator of what you need to allow your life and your home to run in such a way that you aren't always like that hamster on a wheel? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. And Someone like me who is organized and has a seminar that can help you to do that, you it would be good to go and listen and say, I will pick these three things, not all of them, just mm-hmm. pick three things that you think would be helpful. Um, in balancing the act of life, I don't talk about that so much as much as just to say, when you're going through all these different topics, just seek what would God have you to do. Not everybody who has a special needs child is going to be able to do hospitality. Mm-hmm. Joey is very quiet. In fact, just yesterday we were with some friends and he just sat very quietly for probably a 40 minute visit that we had. He didn't interrupt. Um, and when we left, Joe and I both commented like not every person could bring their child exactly in like that and how fortunate we are mm-hmm. to be able to. So you might read that chapter and go, hmm. This one's not for me, you know, and that's between you and the Lord. What, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a filtering process is probably what I'd say. Go through the book, filter it and see what would God have you to do. Mm-hmm. The other book that I, um, it's, it's not a book to read. It is an organizational planner. It's called Get It Together. And I do have a system that you can put together, but I'm very firm at the beginning to say, use what you need and discard what you don't need. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you don't need a menu plan. I do not use a menu plan. I wing it every day. Yeah. Some people really need to do that or they won't have dinner on the table. Mm-hmm. So what do you need? You know, what are your biggest needs? And then 
go with them so that you can, you know, have a, an orderly mm-hmm. and less chaotic life. I guess that would be my, my thinking. I personally do not like chaos. Um, and a lot of times people say to me, um, I can't believe you're done with Christmas shopping in August. And I said, but you have to understand, I don't like the traffic. Mm. I don't like stores. Um, I don't like people's attitudes sometimes. And that's my reason for doing that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Plus this year I was very sick. I wouldn't have been able to shop. So that was helpful. To go ahead and have it done. Yeah. People love, they love the chaos. They love the, I love people, but not in those conditions. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to go with, with what's most important. And when I say most comfortable, I don't think that life is just all comfortable all the time. But in this situation, what is comfortable for mm-hmm. you that allows you to function um, the way you need to? And everyone's yeah. going to be different. And that's what I was going to say. I think, like you said, you have to um, look at your life and find out what's most important to you and then find those ways to make that work. And so, but you have suggestions in, in your book that lay out how you can go about that. Have you seen any great success stories from special needs parents who've gone through your book and, and it's really helped them kind of organize their life? I think probably, I'm trying to think if either one of the books was was a better book or not. I'm not really sure. But I think the Get It Together book is would be a more helpful book for a younger family. Because when you get to retirement age, if you kind of haven't figured out kind of how to run your life, it's probably not going to be as advantageous. So I would say some of the younger moms have really benefited from it. And more so when they know you don't have to do every single thing. Because if you put this all together, it's going to take some time. But mm-hmm. once you get it together, then you have, you, you have, the way I have it is you can put it together that you see each day what you need to do. And when you see two or three things on your list, rather than I have 40 things to do, or I have this list that I just never can get to, that makes it helpful. And I think that's what's helped people to break it down and realize you can do little things throughout the day and you don't have to try to get 40 things done. Mm, that's good. So I think that's been the most helpful for, for families. Well, this year at Rising Above, we have a theme and our theme is restoration because, you know, so many people feel so beat down, so discouraged, so overwhelmed with life. And so we're asking everybody who comes on the podcast this year, what are you personally doing right now to allow God to bring restoration in your life? So what are you doing right now, Cindy, that, that where God is restoring you? Well, when you asked that question, it was like, it came right to my mind because really for this year, this has been my thought. Restoration wasn't necessarily the word that came to my mind, but what came to my mind was um, sort of a cutting back of things. Um, and I'll just give one example because I think when people are in our lives, we don't often recognize, we recognize a project like, oh my goodness, I have to paint that room. And you can recognize and feel that overwhelm. Like, I don't have time for it. I've got to move the furniture. And you think you can think of all the things you have to do before you actually paint that room. And so it becomes overwhelming. So <clears throat> for me, um, because I love people, um, I love to help. I love to be present. I've had to realize that in order for me to be restored, I need fun. Mm-hmm. 
and I need um, something to look forward to for me. That sounds a little selfish, but hear me out. Um, And so even Joe and I in this last, um, really all fall, I had hurt my back. I was then sick and we all got sick. And I was just kind of frustrated. I don't know. I don't know how much I was showing it. You could ask my husband on another occasion. (laughs) I'd see what he has to say. Yeah. But I was frustrated and I'm like, we aren't doing anything. Like we're not doing anything fun. We have nothing to look forward to. And so we sat down and had a couple of three in the morning um, conversations. And the beauty of that is sometimes, you know, as you're older, you just you wake up at three and there you are. <laughs> and so we'll go to our family room, we'll put the fireplace on and we'll just talk. And one of our conversations was like, how can we resolve sort of this desert place where we feel we're at right now? And so my husband um, with our one of our daughters um, kind of brought that up to her. And so she helped him look up some um, date cards and he's not, he's not a creative type, which I am. So I cannot judge that he can't do it based on how I would do it. So, you know, I, I can't say, can't, you got to make something fun. Like let's go out to eat even, you know, and, and he will just be at a loss. So my daughter helped him find these cards and there's one per week. And anybody who would be interested in following it um, on My Marriage Matters on Facebook, we will be doing one a week. And we're not, we're not going to necessarily ask people, what are you doing? But we are posting it. And then we'll probably, as we go through it, share what we do. Um, and that to me is going to be restorative. Mm, and amazing. I also had one little paper. I actually got it at Target. It was a little, um, um, maybe 50 pages um, paper on paper. And it's like um, re- evaluating the day. And I just put that on My Marriage Matters today. I don't know if you'd want to post that in any way or, um, you know, it'll get lost in the feed eventually. But yeah. but it was a just one sheet of paper. And it was just a great way to say like, were we productive? Did we do something fun? There's about seven or eight things and I thought, you know, this is really good because at the end of the day, if we could just take a minute at dinner and then we, I don't think we'll be so frustrated mm-hmm. when we say, well, I was really hoping we'd go out to dinner tonight. Okay. So then how about tomorrow? Right. You know, like, so that didn't work today, but what about tomorrow? So I feel like for me, restoration is coming by um, with people in my life, not doing everything for everybody else, but taking a little time for mm-hmm. me. Um you know, when people call and say, hey, do you know where I can do such and such? I think to myself, you could Google that probably, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, those kinds of things. I want right. to lessen that thing and put a little time into my husband and my son and myself and say, yeah. let's have something to look forward to one thing a week. I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, a diva about this, but I would like to have something that gives me a perk. Yeah. Well, you mentioned My Marriage Matters. I was going to ask, where can we find you? So you all have a website yes. and a Facebook. So where can where can our listeners find you? Well, the best place would be cindyferini.com, which is our website. And we post all of our, um, anytime we do a My Marriage Matters, it's not a podcast, but sort of like a podcast. We have that posted. We do it on a radio show, uh, Moody Radio here in Cleveland. And then they make a copy for us and we put it on our website. Um, 
They could also look up Cindy Farini on Facebook and um, you might need to message me because sometimes if it's like, I don't know who you are, it feels a little odd sometimes. So just say, hey, I heard this. Would you be a friend? And then it's just fun to be friends that way or on my marriage matters. Not everybody maybe wants to or is in a situation where they're married. But even so, I think some of the ideas, if you think a little outside of the box, take this paper that I just told you about. It's not my paper. It's from Target. But use that with your family. So how did we do today? That's great. And we'll be sure to add all the links in the show notes so people can find you. And we'll also add the links for your books so that people can find them. I believe they're on Amazon. Yes. And if they go to my website, they're discounted. Okay. Discounted on your website. Well, everybody likes that word. There you go. Well, Cindy, I appreciate so much you taking the time to have this conversation with me today. I always enjoy getting to visit with you. I enjoy visiting with you too. Thank you. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.